This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I ran a cold front. When I gave my truck the rent Barreling down I-35 With one thought on my mind Forget the race, find an open space Be that city far Well, behind. hey there, howdy Another time with you here on the other side of Texas. Thanks for hanging out with me, and I appreciate all your friends that you're sending along as we broadcast live from the biggest small town in the world, making plenty of news across the state of Texas. We'll get into a lot of that here in just a moment. We are broadcasting from the Racer Car Wash Studios, voted Lubbock's best wash for five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations for the best wash around. Guaranteed. Racerwash.com. Your text as we roll along here several interviews but you want to chime in by text i'm interested in what you have to say j west texas leeson and we roll along scott braddock coming up here in about uh, 13 minutes from now and then travis clarty travis clarty out of east texas he's a state representative grew up in lubbock and uh is running for speaker so travis clarty coming up in about 35 it's coming about 40 minutes from now but first we need to get into the news of the day and that is that is where's daniel where's the track okay you got it now Uh, you don't okay well, we thought that we had something cool lined up there, but it's looking like we're having a little bit of a problem. Are you ready for a war? Yeah, that was it. Are you ready for a war? Lubbock in the big throwdown. Fighting back against the man. We're getting it on in the Hub City. Every man dies. Not every man really lives. That's right, it's Regent Gate, boys and girls. Regent Gate is underway in Lubbock. Have is... the courage to follow up. Okay, I think that's enough. Freedom! So, in the Hub City right now, there is this sentiment I have never seen. And let me just say, I'm a guy, this fits in right with the show's brand, okay? So, what I talk about continually is a politics of place seeing the political prism through your place and then deciding from there you got to be responsible for where you live you got to know what's congruent with where you live if you want to reform where you live there's a big difference between reforming and flushing where you live down the drain and i've written this before a place carries a continuity of knowledge and passes it from generation to generation how the place works what makes it turn When there's disruption in this continuity, learning transpires by costly lessons of what the place will and will not tolerate. Such learning risks decline, perhaps demise. 
Regent Gate to me, I've never seen such a widespread bipartisan outrage, particularly in Lubbock, like I'm seeing right now. And I think a, a little bit of that speaks to, well, a good portion of that speaks to the outrage of losing somebody like Bob Duncan. And Texas Tech has named an interim. We'll get into that here in a little while, an interim chancellor. But the prospects on losing a Duncan whose, whose reputation and character spans somewhere between uh, he's, he's venerated to he's hard not to like. I, I rarely have I heard, and I was talking with Jim Stewart earlier today, who does a noon show on this very, at the, out of these very studios, and he was talking about the water guys who went to war with Duncan back in the legislature, and they said, you know what, we went to war with them, but we liked them. We, we, never, we liked them and we respected them. And I think that a little bit of that accounts for where we are right now with Duncan. But I think by and large, it's that there have not been answers given to what's going on. And maybe, maybe somewhere in this program, uh, we'll have some people touching base with us. One of those would be uh, Mark McDougall, a titan of Lubbock housing industry and powerful local political leader, a former mayor today announcing with his father, who has the same bona fides as Mark, that he was backing out of, he was to host an event with Governor Greg Abbott, but he and his father could not shake doubts of Abbott's involvement in the ouster of Bob Duncan and did not appreciate the way that George McMahon was treated over the weekend. Uh, George McMahon went to social media on my Facebook page, for <laughs> of all places, and announced that he had been disinvited by the governor for comments that he'd made on local media, on local television media. I think uh, KMAC News did an interview with him, and he said, essentially, everybody knows that it's pay for play. Uh, you got to give to the governor to be on the regents as we begin to try to figure out this region issue and what exactly happened with Bob Duncan, a very simple question that's been given no answers. But I want to say, I am jazzed about Lubbock, Texas right now. I mean, you guys, I don't know where you're listening from, but there's only so much, only so much we'll take. And now you've just got the whole community. And, you, and speaking of, we'll have Dan Pope on this program tomorrow. Dan Pope is the mayor of Lubbock, is looking at two tornadoes that may slam into one another who knows but one tornado is Rager Kate and the other tornado being uh, Regent Gate. I have the courage to follow up. So Dan Pope on the show tomorrow but that's where Lubbock is. I've never seen Lubbock more unified and it is a, it is saying you know we count and we're tired of being discounted, and we aren't going to have the, like, tech going forward. Somebody asked me today, I'm get off on a little rabbit trail here, said, you know, what's tech's, uh, what is tech going to do in the next legislature, and, and what are they going to do with folks to call people off of this, that, or the other, and maybe even media people, too? In the past, you've had Duncans or Hanses or Monfords that could really go out there and, 
and round things up and settle things down. But at this point, whenever you've got five regents who are off the grid and can't explain the sudden ouster of a chancellor and you don't have a chance, like, what what is it right now? And, and I tell you this, all you new listeners in College Station, don't underestimate it. I mean, we've survived up here for a long time and with good reason. Um... I'm writing two pieces. Uh, one I've just finished up. I'm going in and and uh, putting the final touches on. And it is an explainer. We're going to put it up at othersideoftexas.com. It's an explainer of what happened based upon accounts. I've been brought into meetings like a conduit through a conduit through a conduit to a conduit. A very a people who know and and have been there and have seen this up close and i've written and i've tweeted and i've talked about these things from those close accounts and what really happened with the outing of of bob duncan we talked about that a little bit on the show on friday but two dates are really important here and back to the invitation of the governor and why i think some of these hosts have reason to have pause that whoa 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 what now what's happening because i think that what what the governor's office may dispute but i think it would be folly to dispute they ought to just say no comment is that in december 2016 before we went into the 85th legislature my understanding is that the chief of staff at that time daniel hodge came in to went to the regents i don't know if this is one by one or as a group and said you can decide between the dental school and the vet school but you won't have both well hodge also a deep connected aggie and what you could say he didn't do it without abbott's approval i don't know how anybody would pull a stunt like that without the governor's approval but he comes in and says you'll have one or you'll have the other the chief of staff formidable aggie and he's also said in this according to people very close to that situation as well that you will put out a statement and you'll put that whichever one you want on pause and the governor's hands will be nowhere on it his name will be nowhere near it to which the regents acquiesced and i'm not necessarily down on them for acquie well it's difficult because at that point, it's you're gonna you if you define me, you can lose both. And Tech at that point had I think fifty seventy million dollars in the dental school, so they put the the vet school on pause. And then lo and behold, this is where the frustrations begin with board, chair of the board, board of regents, Rick Francis, a name that you need to get to know, who's been on the regents since two thousand three. How like? I've got my qualms about term limits, but whenever we're talking about people who are in major control, like a regent, like tech, like I was mentioned earlier, I feel like Texas Tech is a feudal system right now. And these nine guys who don't live here are going to tell us what's best for us, by God, or, or you, you know, and you'll like it. But Rick Francis begins a reaction at that point whenever we walked out of the legislature with $4 million, summer 2017, and begins to make things in, and with John Steinmetz and much to say about John Steinmetz uh, coming up after Scott Braddock about the way that things were handled, uh, handled, <laughs> the way that things were handled from uh, 2017 to the present. 
But it's always, the vet school's been the delineator, the line in the sand, and that gave reason to the way things were broke down. That, that'll be up, but I've also, if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen it already, got a lot of financials lined up. If they won't give a simple answer, then they'll get difficult questions. And I'm not just going to sit here and go tinfoil hat. I'm going to provide you with evidence. You know, I report, you decide. That's the way we roll on the other side of Texas. But for now, going to take a little break. Going to get into some issues with Scott Braddock from the Quorum Report. Right as we get back. We're going to have a fun show. Stick with us right here, other side of Texas. All I know is you got to keep trying. Got to let down and keep from the only sure thing is Texas Molded out of red clay and baked in the West Texas sun to perfection is the other side of Texas with Jay Leeson. Oh, well, the little things you say and do make me want to be with you. Rain on its crazy feeling and I know it's got me feeling when you say I love you. Hey, welcome back in. Other side of Texas, Raven on. The other side of Texas is sponsored by the law firm of Mullen, Horton, Brown, LLP, with offices in Lubbock, Amarillo, and Dallas, employing creative legal solutions to address your business needs in the areas of commercial litigation, banking, financial restructuring, employment law, and estate planning. Thank them for being a part of other side of texas somebody who's a part of the other side of texas every monday he is scott braddock ladies and gentlemen boys and girls how you doing scott braddock i'm scott you're jay leeson it's braddock on texas it's monday i feel pumped up how are you sir that, I, I hear a lot of people love to talk hear from braddock on Mondays, events swirling. I went on, uh, you know, I don't know, I can't remember yeah. what I said off air and what I said on air because everything's <laughs> a daze through Rager Gate and through now yeah. Regent Gate. But uh, my understanding this hour, credible sources are telling me that the governor's visit to Lubbock is very much up in the air. It's supposed to be at a fundraiser tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. Serious consideration a cancellation uh three hosts pulling out uh, one disinvited mm -hmm. and uh a couple of others just pulling out altogether. um you watch this from afar has there been another instance like have there been other places where the governor struggled like this or is this and not well i mean has there just been this sort of setting before the governor governor abbott specifically is supposed to roll in well, what comes to mind is the primary election when the governor was uh, endorsing against candidates uh, in Houston and San Antonio specifically. I'm thinking of Bel Air, Texas, and by the way, I'm in Houston this afternoon, mm -hmm. not far from where the governor held uh, an event for Susanna Dacapel, who was a Republican running against Chairwoman Sarah Davis uh, earlier this year, uh, and uh, folks not exactly thrilled in this area uh, about his, uh, you know, his inserting himself into the Republican primary. There, of course, as you know, uh, he lost that race, uh, and Sarah Davis won mm -hmm. her race. Um, but uh, you know, as far as canceling events, haven't seen anything like that. I'll be watching your uh, Twitter feed with great interest, as I have been. 
uh, over the past uh, few days, over the past uh, you know, week and a half or whatever it's been since uh, you know all these various scandals, if you will, have broken out in Lubbock. i got to tell you, though, it's interesting, Jay, here in, um, well, back at the Capitol, I should say, in Austin, I've been checking in with people uh, throughout the day today, uh, just, you know, a wide swath of folks, staffers, lobbyists, etc. cetera, uh, and it seems for right now the chatter about uh, this Regent Gate, as you might call it, it's sort of died down a little bit in Austin. That's not to say that it won't fire up again if there's more information that comes out. I certainly think that if the governor had to cancel his event in Lubbock that would get people talking about it again. So again, I'll be watching your feed closely. Um, but uh, for right now, it seems like it's off of folks' radar. Yeah, uh, last week, it was really blowing up my phone. Uh, you know, the text messages and calls were coming in, everybody saying, what in the world happened out there? Um, and it's become pretty apparent to, from your reporting and the reporting of your friend uh, Matt Dotre over there at the uh, Avalanche Journal that, uh, look, the regents uh, were behind closed doors, and you told the story on the radio and online as well that, um, you know, they held this no-confidence vote, and suddenly Bob Duncan is out for whatever reason. But I think the attitude right now, and this is the reason, cause, and I don't want you to take my comments the wrong way, because you're passionate about this and you should be. Um, the attitude right now is that, look, it's at the regents' discretion. They can do what they want which, when it comes to this, which they can do, but there are a lot of unanswered questions, and the only way for uh, some of those questions to maybe eventually get answered is for people to keep asking them, Jay Lee. Um, well advised there. Scott Braddock of the Quorum Report. Uh, let's move forward in a couple other things mm -hmm. while we got you. We're going to have Travis yeah. Clardy, a, uh, oh, good. Mm -hmm. a fellow from Lubbock, Texas, and he's going to bring all those credentials on whenever he joins us here in about 25 minutes. Travis Clark is a state representative out of Nacogdoches and mm -hmm. well-regarded and uh, grew, again, grew up in Lubbock, now state representative over there, announces his candidacy for House Speaker. What do you, what are they saying on the inside? I know that everybody's going to, we're going to start seeing a rash of these, mm -hmm. uh, but with regard to Clardy, what is, uh, what are the insiders saying about Clardy? Well, when I think of insiders, of course, I think of the employees of West Texas Billionaires uh, over at Empower Texans. See what I did there? Yes, uh, Empower yeah. Texans, they're saying that he's uh, somebody who's been an obstructionist to conservatism. He's a Strauss loyalist and all of that. Jonathan Stickland, who sometimes appears on Lubbock Radio, but for some reason I can't figure that out. Uh, he's a representative from Tarrant County. He said that, and by the way, uh, Jonathan Stickland is not someone who's um, the most in shape among us said that he had a better chance of finishing a three-hour marathon uh, <laughs> than the party has of being speaker. Um, among Republicans, he's somebody who is Wait, wait, he well said that today? Among, yes, sir. On, you got to oh. follow him on Twitter. I do. You know, he was blocking me on Twitter for a while, and he stopped doing that. Huh. I'm not sure why he blocked me in the first place, and I'm not sure why he uh, is letting me follow him again. Hmm. But he uh, did say something kind of funny. I, my, my take is that for someone like Stickland and for the Empower Texans folks to be against Clardy, that's probably the best endorsement he could get. Because if you look at the Texas House of Representatives, including Clardy, by the way, they've, they've been against Clardy. Uh, there are about 43 Republicans, I believe the number is 43, who have at some point been challenged by an Empower Texans-supported candidate. This, of course, is Chairman D uh, Tim Dunn, uh, Boss Dunn's group, um, who are, you know, whipping people for school vouchers uh, primarily and you know some other issues as well uh, and uh, you know participating in all that uh, you know secret money 
uh, to try to take out conservative Republicans. Well, they don't like Clardy. Um, folks I would call actual Republicans do like Clardy, and he's also respected across the aisle as well. Uh, he has been the uh, vice chairman of the local and consent calendar uh, committee, uh, which uh, you know is chaired by a Democrat who is uh, one of the uh, senior members of the Texas House, Sinfronia Thompson from Houston, uh, who respects uh, and likes uh, Clardy as well, uh, even though they may not you know disagree on some or they may not agree on some uh, fundamental mm-hmm. issues. Uh, one of the thing I would say about Clardy is he's sort of put it this way a Tim Dunn apostate, because Clardy was, when he was first elected back in 2012, he was a candidate that Empower Texans supported, but uh, in becoming a lawmaker, becoming a legislator, uh, and having to make actual decisions that impact real people's lives, uh, Clardy realized, uh, like a lot of Republicans eventually realize when it comes to those third-party groups, that uh, you need to really vote your district and not vote only for Midland. Yeah, so... His best endorsement is the immediate resistance it was given, almost like they had it written up already, waiting for him to run. <laughs> yes, and you know, I think uh, to one of the points that you made there in leading into this topic, it is time for uh, folks to start, uh, you know, uh, you know, making their announcements, um, you know, turning the cards face up uh, if if they are going to be running for speaker, um, especially after Labor Day. Once we get to that point. Um, the race will really be on because after the November elections, the Republican caucus is going to go through their process mm-hmm. uh, to try to endorse somebody for a uh, speaker. Uh, and uh, if somebody can walk in, like a Clardy or a Zerwas or whoever it is, uh, John Zerwas from Houston, uh, another one of the announced candidates, um, Phil King, another one of the announced candidates, and Tan Parker, all those guys trying to round up enough support before that caucus meeting so that they can walk into it and basically have the caucus, um, you know, have that information before them before they make a decision. Yeah. Open race for speaker in Absolutely. quite some time. Very significant in how things roll forward in Texas politics. For those of you yes, who sir. don't really know much about Texas politics, you got three big figures, and that's a statewide elected lieutenant governor, statewide elected governor, and then your speaker of house who is um, nominated – well, who's voted in by his 149 or her 149 peers there in the House? Uh, this will help. I mean, you've brought up you brought up Tim Dunn mm-hmm. and his spokesman Michael Quinn Sullivan. This is something that people here are familiar with, and because now, yes. whenever they follow Chancellor, I want to go back to Regent Gate for just a moment and help people. Mm-hmm square away as we get in with Clardy and they become more and more familiar with state issues. The first, my, I started hearing about this around 1130 last Monday. So a week ago, and then I got more chatter about it, more chatter about it. And then at two o'clock, Michael Quinn Sullivan says breaking sort. And he since deleted this tweet, but it lives in infamy now. Uh, sources tell me that the chancellor of a major Texas university system is being canned or forced to resign over misappropriation of funds. Public universities need more oversight and scrutiny from Texas Ledge, not fanboy adulation. Now, we can get on with fanboy adulation and how Quorum Report busted this very Michael Quinn Sullivan in the chancellor's booth at a Texas A&M game, but what in... As you, and I'm sorry to pivot back to this for just a moment, but I think that people would be really interested in hearing your take on it. Just a blind stab 
how does Sullivan know what's happening with the Texas Tech Chancellor, even though it's none of that is it's unfounded, but huh. he knew something was going on. I mean, can you take a stab at that, Scott? You want to go to the next topic? Well, I mean, it's it's one of those million dollar questions of how does he know about that? I mean, you have reported uh, that it's uh, possible that Rick Perry was involved in you know persuading the regents to sort of box in uh, Bob Duncan, Perry, and Sullivan uh, have been close over the years. Uh, Sullivan is somebody who. Uh, was seen as one of Rick Perry's enforcers uh, mm-hmm. when he was, uh, you know, governor, and uh, Sullivan was helping him to uh, whip votes uh, in the legislature. Uh, Sullivan would often appear, and I was, it was sort of bizarre to have Sullivan claim that he's a member of the media, but he would have a press conference uh, where uh, Sullivan would be standing alongside the governor, but not with the reporters at the press conference. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it was all, it was all they have a history going back. Um, you know, many years. Um, so there are ties between it, Sullivan, Michael no Sullivan, and Rick Perry. Okay, no, qu- no question. And mm, and so and so, you know, knowing exactly how he had the heads up, not sure, but very interesting. Yeah, uh, let's shake it up a little bit. Let's talk about give folks an idea of what the Texas Ethics Commission is as a primer, and then the question is why? Are, why is the Texas Ethics Commission saying? It can't trust Ken Paxton, the Attorney General, to defend the agency. The Ethics Commission is um, is charged with uh, enforcing campaign finance laws uh, and lobby regulations uh, in this state. Uh, and uh, you have a guy in Ken Paxton uh, who was, you know, financially supported by Tim Dunn's organizations and by Tim Dunn personally. Uh, in the form of contributions and the guaranteeing of a million-dollar loan when Paxton was originally running for attorney general. Uh, and uh, that was against uh, Dan Branch, a state representative from North Texas, during the Republican uh, primary um, when Paxton first came into office at the statewide level. Uh, Empower Texans was one of his biggest, um, you know, uh, benefactors. And uh, you have had Empower Texans uh, embroiled in a battle with the Ethics Commission for years now, uh, because uh, this is a group that, uh, as we hinted at earlier uh, in the show here, uh, they've been, um, you know, engaged in, uh, you know, moving money around uh, in ways that people can't see who exactly is trying to influence our elections. Uh, it's always refreshing to talk to folks in West Texas about this, in Lubbock in particular, because you've seen it firsthand, um, you know, in the elections of uh, State Representative John Furlow and others, and Power Texans would be very involved in it. So all of a sudden you get these uh, mailers that claim all sorts of crazy things about your state representative. It happens all over the state, by the way. Uh, but uh, I know that you've seen it firsthand there. Uh, and you wonder, where is this coming from? Um, and one of the things that you have to understand is that because of the way these groups are organized, you can't see who all of their donors are. Well, the Ethics Commission has now basically said to lawmakers, look, we can't trust the Attorney General who, by the way, it's part of his the duties, uh, part of his official duties is to, um, you know, do the legal work for state agencies, which the Ethics Commission is. Mm-hmm. But they've said they can't trust him to do that. Uh, wow. And so they are asking lawmakers to approve um, basically hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, in additional funds so that they can go out and hire outside private attorneys to be able to deal with these issues. Um, because, I mean, there's, this is probably the easiest way to put it, 
the attorney general has a conflict of interest. Um, he has mm-hmm. said that uh, he won't defend the Ethics Commission in certain instances, particularly in these Empower Texans cases. Um, and uh, his critics say, well, that's real simple. That's because these are the folks who helped to get him into office uh, through their financial contributions. Wow. Pretty incredible. It's when pretty stark. You, it, it, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable. Man. And I can't think of a, I cannot think of a similar instance where that, that same kind of thing has happened. Yeah. Wow. That is something. Uh, he is at Scott Braddock on Twitter. Scott Braddock, I've just got notification that Martin hmm. McDougal, who pulled out of Governor Abbott's fundraiser, is going to yeah. call in about four minutes. So we're going to have to cut this one short. Uh, what are you working on at quorumreport.com that folks might want to take a look at? We are going to have a deep dive this week that people will want to check out. Uh, it's coming out uh, either tomorrow or the next day about school finance in the state and exactly what lawmakers need to do. Uh, we're parsing the words of the commission that was named uh, to deal with school finance because, look, nothing uh, is more complex and more important than the school finance uh, system in the state as, uh, you know, the sage of West Texas, Drew Darby, has said many times, it is just the truth that our schools are the lifeblood of the community. It's the lifeblood of every rural community. I know that you love to quote that, (laughs) and and again, that is the best Drew Darby I've heard today. (laughs) So uh, we are going to do a deep dive on that whole issue coming up at quorumreport.com. People can sign up for our free newsletter there Mm -hmm. at quorumreport.com, and then they can also Uh, subscribe to the publication and all the information about that again is at quorumreport.com scott braddock boys and girls glad for your time and deep dives there with scott braddock on many other issues thank you buddy thank you jay talk soon all right uh we are going to get into our break uh mark mark mcdougall lubbock housing lubbock housing titan uh, going to call in and talk about why he pulled out of the governor's fundraiser. We're going to get to a break, bring you back in with Mark McDougal. Sit right there, boys and girls. It's just going to get better and better right here on your other side of Texas. And then Travis Clardy again coming up at uh, about 15 minutes from now. This is what happens when your mother drops you on your head one too many times. Welcome back to The Other Side with Jay Leeson. Hey, welcome back in the program. This segment's brought to you by Title One, Lubbock's digital real estate and title escrow company. Title One is committed to providing you with the highest level of communication and service from the time the contract opens until it closes. See how Title One can serve your realty, consumer, and lending needs. There at TitleOne.com. My wife is a realtor extraordinaire loves her some title one hope you check them out as well on the phone lines now we have a lubbock housing titan uh former mayor 
a big political leader in Lubbock. I may be overplaying that, but I'm not trying to kiss his rings. He is. Martin McDougal has made some news today. The governor is planning to be in Lubbock tomorrow evening for a fundraiser. And Martin McDougal, you've planned to pull out of that. You and your father, Delbert, have pulled out of that event. Tell us why. Well, first of all, Jay, you uh, you way overplayed that intro. I, I what? You way overplayed uh, okay. that intro. Yeah, okay, all right. Play, um, play the humility card. <laughs> you know, um, you know. First of all, I wasn't in the board of regents meeting. I'm not on the board. Um, you know, I'm I'm not uh, <clears throat> I'm not real happy about uh, what's transpired with uh, Chancellor Duncan's retirement, uh, if that's what we're calling it. Um, but then, you know, and, you know, y'all talked about that, I'm sure, now for a week. Um, but then on Friday, George and Linda McMahon were uninvited from the event because of some comments that George had made. And, um, you know, George and Linda are, you know, two of the most uh, generous people uh, in Lubbock. They, they support Texas Tech. They they big supporters of athletics at Tech, uh, Friendship, uh, Independent School District, numerous charities. George and Linda don't deserve uh, to be singled out in that manner. And, um, you know, that was really the straw that broke the camels back with us, and we decided to pull out. We did not want our name associated with the event on Wednesday night. Yeah. Uh, for for listeners who are not familiar, George McMahon, uh, 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 well, I want to call him a titan of development in Lubbock, but somebody who is, you know, almost like Duncan. Like, I've never heard anybody say, boy, I really can't stand George McMahon. Exactly, I mean, uh, exactly. Somebody who a lot of people appreciate, especially as he's gotten into retirement, began to speak his mind, but said, you know, essentially the he went on KMAC News, said uh, it's a pay-to-play to be a regent, and uh, was disem- got a call from the governor's campaign guy and was disinvited from the event and said that his money would be sent back to him. And you took exception with that. I do take exception with that. You know, if if, uh, if the governor thinks that he's going to make a political pawn out of George and Linda in West Texas, he's sadly mistaken. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are two of the most respected people in our community. Uh, like I said earlier, they don't deserve that. Um, I don't believe uh, Chancellor Duncan deserves... Um, uh, you know the way he's been treated, hmm. and um, so that's uh, it. We Mark, just Delbert and I just decided we did not want our name associated with the event. Uh, certainly, we're going to support Texas Tech. Always have, always will. Um, but we certainly don't have to support those that that um, it certainly appears are, are not uh, uh, supporting Texas Tech. Yeah. So really, it comes down to maybe you could have stomached. What's happened with Bob Duncan and given the governor the benefit of the doubt, but whenever George and Linda McMahon that happened, then you just said, "Okay, I'm done." Uh, yeah, I mean that's like I said, they don't deserve that, and, um, and so we just you know we decided to pull out. Um, you know, when you look at everything that Chancellor Duncan's done, not just for Texas Tech, for West Texas, uh, heck, you know what's he served now um, over two decades yeah. of public service. Um, uh, from you know everything you see from the outside, um, Duncan has has done a super job not only with fundraising but with with vision for uh, moving Texas Tech forward with you know the vet school, the dental school, the other 
projects that he's working on at Texas Tech and um, and just to abruptly you know, pull the rug and, and say we're moving in a different direction without any explanation at all mm-hmm. uh, doesn't pass the test as yeah. far as I'm concerned. So, Mark McDougall, you've been involved and you have given – you've been a big sponsor of Texas Tech. And so I've talked with people today, and like for younger guys like me to hear from you on this front, this is – this is a question I have. I hear people say this. We don't know who's in control of Texas Tech right now. Like, is this a feudal system where a bunch of guys from outside tell us what to do? I mean, what would be your advice for people who are looking at this situation right now? Well, I mean, I think, you know, everything will play out. Um, and, you know, Texas Tech's going to be here long after all of us are, are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, I, you know, I think we've just got to sit back and, and see how this plays out. But, you know, one of the things that that I, I think is is got to be important and communicated is that we need a regent from Lubbock, Texas, on that board. Mm-hmm. Somebody that can say, "Wait a minute, guys! You know, when y'all leave and go back to Houston or Dallas or wherever you're from, um, El Paso, uh, you know, it, it affects what we're doing here in Lubbock." And and um, uh, you know, I've got to I've got to face friends. I've got to I got to answer these questions. And let's let's back up just a minute and. You know, talk about what we're doing, but we can't just do something and and then say, well, we're you know, no comment. And and that's exactly what we've gotten the last week. Hmm. Um, you know, I've reached out and I haven't I haven't heard anything um, uh, at all. And uh, yeah, you it's know, got to be frustrating meeting. for you that you can't even get somebody off record. I'm like I said, I'm not on the region, so you know I don't appoint no, them. They don't, they don't owe me any explanation. Some, okay, but, right. but I, but I, you know, it is a public university, um, and uh, you know, just like when I was at the city, uh, I was, you know, I was held accountable if, uh, you know, to explain to the public, and we always tried to be open, and you know, sometimes that's good, sometimes it's not so much fun to do that, but that's what you have to do, and uh, and I don't, I don't think they're any exception. Yeah, uh, you gotten any feedback from the governor? I haven't. Um, I placed a phone call there this morning that uh, uh, hasn't been returned, and uh, we'll we'll see if they call. I do know they got the message that we were pulling out. Yeah, uh, and I don't know what initiated this. It might be you with some other people who've not gone public. But before we got on the airwaves, the understanding was it's in serious. They're seriously considering canceling that event. Would you be surprised if it's canceled? I think you know. I think the timing's awful for it, and uh, uh, you know the you know at a you know at a different time it might be a different event. But if if it was mine, I, I would cancel it for right now. Yeah. Uh, but to be honest with you, I'll be a little surprised if it is canceled. Okay, there he is. Hey, I, I know you had a busy day. It certainly slammed by a lot of people like myself. Thank you for making time, Martin McDougal. Hey, no problem. Thanks for what you do, Jay. All right, appreciate you. All right. Hey, uh. There's there's the inside scoop right there. Surprised that it would be would be canceled. Uh, that's an interesting angle, and it does set up a paradox. Maybe we'll have a little bonus time today, and get into what we think will happen. I know I owe you a conversation on why what happened happened, and some financials. Maybe I'll have to swing that over to tomorrow. But for now, we got to catch another. A little profitable break, and we're going to get back in with Travis Clardy out there in East Texas, putting in his bid for speaker from Lubbock, Texas. Here from Travis Clardy, we come up here on the other side of Texas. Howdy. 
Hey, Jay, West Texas Leeson here. I'm going to tell you about my friends at Flint Boot and Hat. They've been building hats since 1994 and repairing boots, I guess, since forever. My dog chewed up my ostrich boots. Jared and his guys replaced the heel, made them look new again, put new pulls on, and at a super affordable price, they've resold my boots, and they build great hats. Love these guys. Go check them out. 3035. 34th Street or Flint Boot and Hat Shop at Flint and 34th Street. See more at flinthat.com. Hey, welcome back in. Other side of Texas brought to you by this segment of it anyway. Brought to you by Lubbock File Room. Providing safe and secure document storage and shredding services. This is not a regular gate update. Secure and document storage and shredding services to Lubbock and the surrounding area since 1992 for a free and hassle-free estimate call 806-744-7666 that's lubbockfileroom.com 806-744-7662 today on the line with us he's made his big announcement widely anticipated he is a son of Lubbock, Texas, he is Travis Clardy. You've heard him before on this program, and I didn't have it ready, but we wanted to play you some uh, some Davy Crockett, but it says, Travis, Travis Clardy. How you doing, bud? That sounds pretty good. You might need to pursue another career there, Jay. No, I, mean, well, I need to pursue a, several careers. It's so crazy. I get off this show. You got big stuff to talk about, but let me tell you about one of the biggest things at my house. I cover all this breaking stuff, and, and it's like all, you know, everything's going on right now in Lubbock. Like, there are two big scandals going on, but guess where I got to be? At 625, sitting down is at the dinner table. My wife doesn't care about anything else that's going on. So, speaking of careers, I, I'm working for her at this point. Well, 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 I don't want to do anything to, to interfere with you being punctual. So <laughs> let's don't get you in trouble with the missus. But, uh, well, Jay, let me give you a greetings from the other side of Texas back over to the other side of Texas. Well, I hope that what we talk about here has a lot of commonality out there in Nacogdoches and North yep. Texas and South Texas, places outside the Beltway. So you've announced today that you're throwing your hat in the ring for speaker uh, tell us why you've made this decision, Travis Clardy. Well, I think the time was right, Jay. I've been talking to members ever since uh, Speaker Strauss announced his uh, retirement. And, you know, we need to select a strong speaker going forward. I've had a lot of people encourage me to do it. And, you know, once I make a decision, I'm not one to dilly-dally around. I think that's what leadership is about. And uh, I'm very encouraged by the calls we've made today. As you can imagine, my phone blew up, and I've had this thing taped to my head ever since. But... Uh, look, we're in this thing. We're in it to win it. Uh, and I like I like the direction we're headed. Uh, and, and, you know, the thing that gives me the most optimism is I have the honor of serving with 149 incredibly talented people. Now, there may be a few in there, a little less talented than others, but i got to tell you, we really do have, have a fantastic body uh, that the state of Texas is going to be proud of. So it's going to be an interesting session, big things to work on. But uh, first things first, we got to. Uh, have an election cycle to get through, and then we need strong leadership, and then we need to hit the ground running in January of 19. Are you consider Nacogdoches rural? Absolutely. Nacogdoches, historically, you know, this is 
birthplace of Texas, the oldest town in Texas, uh, but has a, a lot of commonality with, with the South Plains. Uh, agriculture uh, is, is a really important part of our, our uh, economy between poultry and, and uh, timber. Uh, once upon a time, this was big cotton country. Uh, not anymore, but that was really one of the backbones of, of the, the economy in years gone by. It's a university town, much like Lubbock with Texas Tech. You got Stephen F. Austin here. Uh, really, there's there's so much similarities between these these the towns of, of Lubbock and Nacogdoches, but the surrounding areas, the three counties I represent, are all just good, solid people, common sense people. Like you said, they're they're not in the metroplex. You know, they they've realized not everybody has to live in the concrete jungle, and uh, in fact, the matters if they don't. Uh, they're probably going to be a lot happier. Yeah. Uh, so, Clardy, tell me what you think. I just called called you Clardy like you and I were on the phone offline. I'm sorry. <laughs> Representative Clardy. Yeah, how about a little respect yeah, here, Jay? I'm sorry, I'm sorry Mr. Leeson. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you radio lackey. Um, tell me why you think it's important that somebody that has a rural point of view, somebody who's you know, raised in West Texas, served in East Texas, has a good idea of what goes on between the Cap Rock and then in the Hill Country and then behind the Pine Curtain. Um, why would that serve well in the speaker's role? Well, I'll tell you, it's really pretty simple, but it's also a little counterintuitive. Uh, you know, Judy and I have had the pleasure of, of living throughout the state of Texas, both you know, as kids and then it, it, it being married. Uh, we had three of our sons were born in Dallas. One was born in, in Tyler. Uh, we've spent a lot of times in the cities. What I've noticed is uh, many of our urban members, great people, serve their districts well, but they don't have that experience when it comes to rural Texas. So what i found, the rural members really have a much better appreciation of the demands and challenges of, of, a, of a, a metropolitan environment than the other way around. Uh, and it's just, a, it's just a, 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 a different environment that we've grown up in. You know, my, my mother grew up in Lampasas County, little town of Lomita, you know, Class B, but, you know, but, uh, school. Uh, Judy's folks came from Clyde. So we're used to being on farms and ranches, and that's just how we were brought up. But we're also very comfortable in the city environment. Other folks that have not had that experience, I don't think can appreciate the challenges that exist for rural Texas, you know, the troubles and the struggles that our, our farmers and our ranchers go through, uh, what our, our rural public schools are having to deal with, and the challenges that we're facing there. And I, I think a, a, a rural member, because of that, has a broader base of experience. I think that makes for a better uh, a quality speaker. And it's the one place where rural Texas has a much better chance of being represented rather than statewide offices. State Representative Travis Clardy with us here, State Representative out in Nacogdoches, but knows his way in and around Lubbock, Texas, where to get in trouble, where to stay out of trouble, because uh, uh, Lubbock, where we're broadcasting from, is where he was raised. I want to ask you a couple of questions, uh, and I've got, a, well, I'm going to ask you about two things that the next speaker of the, of the Texas House needs to be ready to deal with, and then I'll ask you what I think is maybe the most important, but certainly a third issue. So what are two big issues that the next speaker needs to be ready to deal with on day one? Uh, I think the big issue that we need to confront in the 86 that I really feel like we, we, we attempted to, but we just didn't get there in the 85th, is public education and how we finance it in a way that's consistent with the, the Texas Constitution to provide a fair and equitable 
uh, a means for every Texan to have an opportunity to be ed- educated through our public schools. Um, the second issue is really related to that, and this is where I think we made a, a, mis- a mistake in the 85th. We tried to address that problem of, of, of working on the, the public education dog by picking it up by the tax tail. The other issue I think is vitally important to deal with is the, the, the skyrocketing uh, property taxes, that, that, and that's a legitimate concern. But I think we don't need to pick it up by the tax tail. We need to pick it up by the scruff of the public education dog. And we, by, by fixing our school education system, that's where the bulk of our property taxes are. We can greatly alleviate the burden on our individual taxpayers. And, and so those two things are interrelated. We've known that's a problem, as the Texas Supreme Court said. I'm going to paraphrase. Uh, you know, it's lawful, but it's awful. Mm-hmm. And, and we can do better, and Texas deserves better. So I, I really think those are the two things we need to, to focus on uh, rolling into the uh, the next session. And, of course, the one thing we always have to do, the big issue, is obviously pass a balanced budget. And I think what leadership should be able to do, particularly when we go back with what I expect to be a Republican governor, Republican lieutenant governor, Republican speaker, Republican House of Senate, is uh, prove again to the citizens of Texas that we can lead and lead efficiently and also lead timely and get that done and a balanced budget and out the door and back home in 140 days. Okay. That should be so, our goal, Jay. And Travis Clary, what I essentially heard you say is that uh, funding school finance will help with property tax burdens. Um, let me ask you, what I think the biggest issue for the next speaker in the Texas House whether it be you or someone else, is that they're going to have to deal with this lieutenant governor and this governor. Uh, what do you think needs to be on the resume, or what do you think needs to be within the rapport of the individual who is certainly going to be representing a different demographic? I don't know if you're going to have 55 Democrats or 60 Democrats in a House of 150 members, but uh, you're certainly going to have a large, shall I say, constituency within the House to deal with, something mm-hmm. that neither one of those statewides have to deal with. What do you uh, what do you think needs to be within the rapport of a speaker to, in order to deal with those individuals? I think, what, every Wednesday morning going to breakfast during the session without it turning into throwing hams and eggs at each other? <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, that was one of the traditions that went by the wayside last session, and I, I wasn't in the room. I don't know fully why, but I can promise you this. I can sit down and have breakfast with a whole lot of folks one time a week. I, I don't have to love somebody to be able to work with them or to have breakfast with them and have civil discussion, and I think we will do that. Uh, but I will tell you, Jay, I think I'm uniquely suited uh, to work with our governor and our lieutenant governor Governor Abbott and I have a, a very strong relationship. As you recall, he was out here for our Lone Star Legislative Summit mm-hmm. uh, and did a did a, a great keynote address there. And then, uh, you know, as far as uh, I'm buzzing over here, I don't know what it is. Um, but anyway, the, well, with uh, Governor uh, uh, Patrick, I also have a good uh, relationship and a good good uh, uh, working history. Uh, we have differences of opinion, as you would expect, uh, between the Senate and the House. Uh, but I, you know, I, I I appreciate the fact that both of them have been elected statewide by the people of Texas. And you've got to respect the office and the fact that they have been put there by the majority of Texans who have taken the time and care enough to vote. And that's not to be taken lightly. But as the Speaker of the House, uh, it's unique. I represent 
uh, I'm the, the spokesperson for those 149 other members. And, you know, I'm gonna, I want to return this house back to the, the days, the mantra when I, you know, had served earlier. Uh, but what uh, I think Pete Laney from Hale Center used to always say, you know, members vote your district. And I think that needs to be our mantra. Uh, I think that makes for a better Texas when folks take care of the folks that put them there in the first place. Uh, and I will do that. But I, I think I have the ability to work did, well. Did you hear with, that applause line for uh, you dropping Pete Laney in this interview? Oh, I did not hear that. Well, good. Good. Well, he, he's a, a, a great man. I've got Solomon also. They had a, a great conversation with him. And he had a lot of things to say of interest to me about what this job would be like being the speaker. And I've talked to Speaker Craddock and Speaker Strauss. Uh, you know, if I'm going to do the job, I might want to learn from the, the fellows that are, have been in that chair before. Uh, uh, so, Travis Clarity, before we get you off, you gone through the bona fides. Lots of people listen to this audio. I appreciate you talking with us about all that. You were raised here. You know the significance of Texas Tech University. You have worked in some facets with Bob Duncan. Any thoughts on what you've seen transpire up here over the last week? Uh, yeah, and as you know, I've got a bunch of friends up there. I was just in Lubbock uh, a couple weeks ago checking on my brother and uh, was out in West Texas inside the loop. And, um, but I got to, I'm, I'm very disappointed in the way that, that uh, Senator Duncan, or I should say Chancellor Duncan, uh, was was uh, seen to be treated. Uh, I know him to be a very good and honorable man. I don't think there's anybody on the planet more committed uh, to what's best for the South Plains and Texas Tech University and, and the Texas Tech system. And Robert Duncan, I know he fought passionately on, on uh, the behalf of the Senate district that he represented back in the day. And uh, I, I know there's not a doubt in my mind that he had what was best in the interest of Texas Tech at heart. I don't understand what happened in the boardroom. I don't understand the votes. I don't, you know, I wasn't there. I wasn't inside the, the room. I don't know what the history was and what may have been other issues that resulted in the decision as I understand, it was made that led to his uh, 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 resignation. So I'm not going to pass judgment on that. Uh, I just, you know, I, I find it very difficult to believe that uh, Robert Duncan would conduct himself in a way that was not befitting uh, and, and appropriate uh, for no. the university. I hold him in, in, in great regard and high admiration. And uh, I, I will tell you, I wish him nothing but the best. And I look forward to seeing what the future holds for it. It seems silly for me to ask you this question, knowing what I know about Austin and knowing how big the budget is. And this seems like such a menial thing in the great context of the Texas budget, but it is the vet school. And it's created a lot of the atmosphere that we're in right now in Lubbock. What do you what do you make? And people listen to this all across the state, but just for my own intrigue, with your knowledge of this place and your intellect of it, uh, what do you make of the vet school in the next session? Well, you know, Jay, in the past three sessions, I've been honored to serve on the Higher Education Committee, uh, and so I've taken a vital interest in the in these matters. And uh, what I think is the case, I think there's really broad agreement that we need more professionals uh, and, and veterinarians in the field, and I think particularly in the area of large animal science, and I think that, that that's widely understood. Um, you know, I think it was discussion that we needed to have, and honestly, I think it's a discussion that we're going to continue to have as to what the future of that uh, uh, expansion is going to be. I've got this crazy notion, Jay, that education's a good thing. Uh, that spending money on education is an investment and not an expense. 
and to create professionals that get in Texas that are going to stay in Texas and serve the state of Texas and our agricultural industry is something we ought to be uh, working to do. Uh, I, I don't understand this turf war, uh, but you know, there's sometimes we need to put those little petty jealousies aside and, uh, and let, let's focus on what's best for the state of Texas. And I, I really think that's what the majority of the members want to do. And I mean that whether they're a Longhorn or a Horn Toad or a Red Raider or an Aggie or maybe even Abilene Christian University Wildcat. Uh, I think we're ready to go to go to go, and I should say let's throw those old lumberjacks from SFA into the mix too while I'm at it. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I think all of us want to do what's what's right for the state, and, and let's let's focus on that. Uh, I, 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 Jay will be interested as the story comes out, as details come out. You know who did what, when, where, why. I don't know, but you know that's really distracting to the bigger issue, which what's best for Texas and how are we going to meet this need that I believe we truly have in our, you know, the beef and cattle industry and, and you know our, our large animal industry throughout Texas. So uh, let's let's hope so cooler heads can prevail. But again, I can't do anything but wish Robert Duncan nothing but the best. Uh, and you know, uh, guns up when it comes to my Red Raider friends out in out in Lubbock. Yeah, and you guys say what about uh, the lumberjacks? Axum Jacks. Axum. 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 But, you know, we've, we've played a couple of football games out there before. The Lumberjacks, and one thing I tell you, don't take an axe to a gunfight. <laughs> well, you mean, but the NCAA tournament, too. Oh, look, I won't keep you on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that, now you just rubbing salt in the wound. Uh, Come hey, on. hey, it's good to actually rub salt in somebody's wound, given what we've That's given right. over the past uh, couple of weeks here. Uh, he is Travis Clardy. If they want to find out more information about you, uh, how do they find it out? Well, you can go to www.travisfortexas.com. We've got a website there. I know we've probably got some other contact. I'm on Twitter uh, at, at Travis from Texas. And, uh, you know, I'm not that hard to find. It, in fact, there's probably a whole bunch of folks in Lubbock still got no. my my, num- my cell number on there. So just, just look down, for the tall guy. Yeah, look, look for the look tall, for the tall guy. guy. Uh, what, if we, what if we had a dunking contest for speaker? Like, to put it off the votes, can you still dunk? Uh, on those nine foot goals, I'm I'm pretty tough. <laughs> you know, I've, I've 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 lost a step. I've lost a little bit of a step, but you know, I've, you know, Jay, I'm 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 I have that deceptive speed. I'm a lot slower than I look, and but but as far as jumping goes, yeah, I don't, I I know I still get up the ramp, but I haven't tried to dunk in a while. I'm 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 getting in I'm in getting in shape to run for speaker. Not dunk a basketball. All right. Well, I'm, I don't know how well that line's going to work, but you tried. I appreciate you <laughs> trying. And I appreciate you, tune, uh, you coming on. And uh, I hope that we can have you back on over the next three months. I hope so, too. And uh, listen, don't forget to be on time for dinner. Yes, ma'am. Uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just just out, of, out of rope memory. Yes, ma'am. Uh, thank yeah, you, Travis yeah. Clardy. Judy says hi. We'll talk to you soon. All Thanks. right. Bye-bye. Bye. Ah, there he was, Travis Clardy. A couple of things I want to leave you with, and again, I'm writing these pieces. It's a matter of how we get them up. We've done a, a deep dive, get back into Regent Gate to, to end this program. We've done a deep dive on, if we can't get simple answers to simple questions, then we're going to ask more complicated questions. And... I'll run you down a couple of things as we as we sign off here. Of the five, 
that voted against, in whatever facet, against Bob Duncan. Here are their donations. Mickey Long, who I believe is on the board at Vista Bank and has a lot of energy holdings. Mickey Long, $454,000 roughly for Greg Abbott, $265,000 for Perry, a Perry appointee. Rick Francis, chairman of the board, $332,000 roughly to Abbott, $294,000 to Perry. Ronnie Hammonds, who was appointed by Abbott, $218,000 to Abbott, nothing to Perry before. Huckabee, Chris Huckabee, $175,000 to Abbott, $95,000 proceeding to Rick Perry. John Steinmetz, and here's some contrast has given thus far $2,000 to Greg Abbott and $2,154 to Rick Perry. And again, this is whenever Perry, all of all five, while Perry was in office. These are the things I reported on Twitter. Texas Tech Regent Chris Huckabee landed the Tarleton State Football Stadium project, which the AM system appropriated $24 million towards. And uh, I provide a link there on my Twitter at Jay Leeson. Again, I'm writing all this up and I'll embed, um, I'll hyperlink all these things. And you can see more at Huckabee Inc.com. Huckabee also has. 10,000 or more shares at Vista Bank, which sets up what's become, since I posted these things last night, known as the Vista Trio. Huckabee, Long, Steinmetz. The the Huckabee, the Vista Trio also caught up, you know, when two circles overlap, it's a Venn diagram, also caught up in this Rager Gate operation, situation. Um, I've been questioned and even really hounded and lampooned by people for saying that Secretary of Energy Rick Perry is caught up in this deal. And I've got more information to come. But what I can report now, which I put up on Twitter last night, and we're going to repeat this tomorrow as we open up the program, going to do a monologue on it, that uh, powerful Aggie, Secretary Rick Perry took out a mortgage on a personal residence for over a million dollars through Vista Bank. Now Regent Steinmet serves where now Regent Steinmet serves as CEO. Regent Long is board chair and Regent Huckabee has 10,000 shares. What becomes even more tree intriguing and what I'm going to try to delineate this evening is the board of regent rules and where there becomes conflicts of interest with the individual members and when they are have overlapping concerns in their own portfolios. Many questions to ask at Texas Tech. This is, I, I appreciate Ted Mitchell, and you're going to hear from Ted Mitchell after September 1st, probably on September 4th, on this program. But Ted Mitchell being the most charismatic man in the city, not named Jay Leeson, is not going to make problems go away for this board and questions are being asked if you again if you can't ask if you can't answer simple questions you get more difficult questions and 
I don't think it's outside the bounds, anywhere outside the bounds. Matter of fact, I think we're closer to 50-50 that there has been some collusion. People have said that it's it's impossible to prove, but there are plenty of people out there, listeners of this program, and you may be a listener of this program, and you may be past this podcast. You got info. I'll vet it hard, but it's jay at othersideoftexas.com, and you can send me whatever info you might have there, jay at othersideoftexas.com. Not used to getting off the program talking so seriously, but these are serious days, and sometimes you have to bring some levity, but where we stand at this hour, there are questions that need to be asked, and we're going to keep asking those questions here on the other side of Texas. You can't just give away one of the most precious assets in your region, and we've already given away one, and his name is Bob Duncan. So i got to get home. got to get home. A great family, above average dinner. We're on our diet, so it's not going to be very good at all, I'm pretty sure, but that's not because it's my wife's fault. It's because I indulged in too much over too many months of my life. Uh, until next time, right here on the other side of Texas at OSTX on Twitter, other side of Texas on Facebook, other side of Texas.com. See you next time, right here, where Buddy Holly became famous. AM 580 and 11.